1: Welcome, everyone. It is Monday, August 31st, 4 p.m. Eastern, and you are live on Corporate Talk with Cagney and Lacey. (laughs) Mutt and Jeff. No, that'd be Charlie and Eva. Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Um, Charlie, Eva. I hope everybody had a good weekend. Um, The mission of Corporate Talk is to use our collaborative skills and leave no stone unturned to make a difference in the workplace. Even if it's just one person. Even if you're just one person, you can do it. If you think one person cannot make a difference, think about Paul Revere.
2: There's so many to think of, right?
1: Mariana Rivera. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we have a really interesting show today. And as usual, my dear, yes. the timing is perfect. And, you know, I'll go into that um Because everybody's just angry.
2: Everybody's angry,
1: and it reflects in the home. It reflects everywhere. Yes. Right?
2: Fortunately, we were not angry this weekend because we had a long road trip
1: and we made it through. But it never hurts to have some tips. Right. I mean, um, you know, I post occasionally and uh, I say things like, imagine the workplace then, like if we were more collaborative and so on. Imagine the workplace if everybody was in love and had a happy home to And had a happy home. Uh, where's Joe? Oh, don't say nothing about Joe. He's having some issues. Right. He'll be in late again. Again. You know. Yes. Or uh, oh, look at Bradley. He's all spruced up. Where's he going after work? You know. Uh, I don't mean to make jokes. Right. This is this is important stuff. Yes. Um. And that's what we bring. Right because oftentimes it's not the spreadsheets that are going to make our experience better. It's some of the off-topic soft skills and nurturing that we need.
2: Well, it's not just the off-topic soft skills, right? It's the whole, I mean, the reason that we bring all of this personal and professional development, we bring both to everyone in the workplace is because if you're happy, you're going to do a better job at work. And we think that you know, especially like our generation, I think the younger generation has a clue. I think we were a little bit clueless um, in terms of we always said, you know, don't bring your problems to work. You know, work can never be impacted by home. Well, it always was impacted by home because it's it, there's no way that it can't be.
1: Right. And one of the things we really learned in doing the show for three years, um, which we are very grateful for our listeners, by the way, is everything is connected. Well, everything's connected, right? right. So, you know, and this is what we got to look at. Um, I know, um, just one more quick thing, you know, when I was working in New York, it was anger begot anger. You know, if you were outside smoking and said to someone, hey, good morning, and it was 5 after 12, they said, What's your problem? It's afternoon. Why are you even telling me good morning? I mean, <laughs> so that's just whatever we can come up with to vent some anger, we would do, right? Right. It's because we we need more love. We need right. to learn about more love.
2: So that's why today we have marriage and relationship experts.
1: Yeah. So I, I, you know, forgive me for, for rambling. I just get pumped about these things. Um, we have two fantastic guests today. That are going to help us with all of this. Um, I would love to introduce our very special guests, Matt and Deborah Trusella Are you guys with us?
3: Yes, thank you for <laughs> as your guest today. It's great to talk to you guys again. It's been a while, but we're excited to be with you today.
1: Yeah, we 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 also love that we meet our guests, and we met you guys. And um, what <laughs> you know, what I was taken back with. You know, that was a very hectic day. Everybody's running around. And you guys were just like, you know, floating and talking very calmly, very succinct with your message and very confident. And I said, wow, what are we missing? Right. right. You know? So um, anyway, Matt and Deborah, welcome to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Um, so tell us um, maybe some contact information so our listeners can follow along. While we continue,
3: the easiest way to contact us is just go to our, our website, which is www.mattanddebra. That's D E B R A trucella at Cox.net or um, .com. com or they can email me at dtrusella at Cox.net. But that's the best way to get our information, our contact information. Um, can send us a quick email. Uh, we, we get contacted that way for speaking engagements and stuff. So that's a way that you, anyone can contact us and get to know us a little bit better, know more about us on our page as well.
1: Right. And what we know you guys as are relationship experts and also speakers um, on various topics around that. Is that true?
0: That's true. Primarily, we focus on marriage and relationships, but uh, I often focus on one-on-one uh, uh, life coaching and counseling with individuals in the professional world as well. So, uh, um, of, Excellent. So, uh,
1: you know, I, I don't know where to begin, but I just want to ask a question first. Um, in your opinion, why is everyone so angry these days?
0: Well, I, I think part of the problem is that, that people don't have a vent, I mean, and and that they're just overly Inundated with so much technology and so much communication all the time, there's there's no pause, and uh, it, it yeah. seems like it just comes. It's, it's incessant from the time you, if you are in a relationship uh, or have a family, you leave the doors and you and you go out for your eight to ten hour day, and you come back, and there's just more of the same. And just trying to keep up today is just crazy. Um, you know, the things that we hoped would give us more time with technology have actually, you know, mm-hmm. in, you know, in, inundated us in our personal lives and. Again, there's no real respite, so it's important to make a plan to to pause once in a while, if you ask me, as a key. You know, something something
3: we've seen um, as we've sat with couples throughout the last 18 years, we always see kind of a theme going through our country. And what's interesting that we're seeing in the last year, year and a half, as we sat with couples in crisis, is somebody's burned out. That's the word that keeps coming up, is burnout. And it's it's almost like our country is at a burnout stage. Everyone's just pushing themselves, pushing themselves. And um, we need to just learn to get back to some of the basic principles to try to simplify our life and actually have more of what we're really looking for, but we're trying to go about it in all these fast-paced ways thinking we're cutting corners.
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and even like what Matt just said, we need to pause, right? Right. And we're not going to give anything up if we pause. It's not a sign of weakness, right?
2: Well, I mean, that's always been the thing, right? Whenever... Especially when we were coming up in our careers, it always seemed like if you took any time, even if you took a lunch, it was a sign of weakness. Yeah. Right? And so when you when you're just running like that and then you come home and you have children and you have your spouse, you have no time for yourself, you're just burning the candle at both ends. Something's gonna have it's to nonstop, give. And it yeah. tends to be our relationships,
0: unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the other problem, too, that in the midst of all that, you know, we were made to connect with each other, and yet we don't in some ways. In some ways, there's over-connection with the things we shouldn't do and and not enough connection with the people we should have great intimacy with. And what I mean by that is we we consider the dinner table nowadays, and and in our home, we've made certain parameters we've set in place. The TV goes off, the music goes on, all the cell phones are turned off, we have dinner and we actually talk, (laughs) you know, and communicate and share and in so many households you know you sit down and you watch the kids and the family and everyone's on their cell phone facebooking and tweeting tweeting and instagramming and nobody says a word and you really need to have that safe place that household where you can share things that are going on in your life in order to get some rest from them because when you communicate and share i'm frustrated or i've worked so hard today or they are i'm stressed over this you find that cathartic for your soul you know yeah no i agree Matt. and you know um,
1: unfortunately, maybe for me, it's a slow lesson. I mean, at least I learned it, right? Um, and even for the, for the people at the table besides you who might be under some stress, they need to pause too. Sometimes, you know, it's not only about me.
2: Well, it's the whole family needs yeah. to just take a minute. And is that, um, Matt and Deborah, is that what you find is one of the critical factors when you have couples in crisis that Communication has just shut down?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Almost every couple that we've sat with, there's two things we always find out that they're not doing. It's so interesting because, um, you know, couples, you, you meet, you're in love, you're infatuated, you can't wait to spend the rest of your life, and then you start your career, your children, and then they call us because they can't stand to be with each other, they don't want to be intimate. One of them doesn't has checked out, doesn't want to be intimate anymore. Um, all they can do is... Talk about the things they don't like about each other, and we go back to things, and they're not—they're not dating like they used to before. Why? Why that has to stop when the children come, you know? And I know it was hard for us. We didn't have a sitter for us, um, but we made ways to try to have some time together after our marriage almost fell apart. So there's just simple things like that—having a family meal and really focusing on each other. That's investing in your relationship every day if you can. And I know with jobs a lot now, a lot of people are traveling a lot. But back when Matt traveled, we didn't have the cell phone. It was before the cell phone era, if you can believe yeah. that, imagine that. But, you know, so now there's no excuse. We can stay in contact. You know, one of the things Matt will do with me when he's traveling, he'll just shoot me a text in the middle, of, and I know he's busy, and he'll say, I miss my girl, can't wait to see you. You know, that's important. We need to flirt with one another again. And um, if, if he's going to be leaving town for business, We'll make sure the night before or two nights before, it is just about us. We're going to have a date night, focus on each other. And when he gets home, we're going to be excited to have that time together and talk about his trip and he can talk with me about my week as well as talking to one another. But um, so many people just check out and they focus on their own self and then get back and think life's just supposed to go on.
2: Uh, Yeah, that's a great point. uh, And then also talking at each other instead of to each other, I think, can happen too. I mean, everybody's just kind of barking orders at one another and not truly communicating. Yeah.
0: You know, I've got to throw this cliche out there because it's just so apropos to what you just said. You know, everyone was given two ears and one mouth. You know, that's because we should be listening twice as much as we're talking. Because when we listen, we really get that person the freedom. To to share what's inside their heart and soul, and that's what's that's what's critical to creating intimacy and connection with each other. Oof. Well, I
2: know, and and one of the things I was just thinking about that that is actually is a great saying because one of the things I know that when you and I fight, is that you say you have two fists. And- <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I've got two guns. No, I um, no, we we always say. You're not listening. You're not listening. You're sitting there. You're waiting to talk. You're not listening to what I'm saying. You're just thinking of your rebuttal before I've even spit out what I wanted to say.
1: Yeah, right. And, guys, I think you would agree. You know, um, it's a work in progress, right? It's not that sometimes, you know, it's a challenge, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, I guess, to your point, you have to keep working. Every day is a day to communicate, to flirt, to connect. To uh, make priority for each other somehow, and to listen, and to listen, to listen. I I, I leave that out again. Yeah, you did leave that
0: out. Well, you know, um, one of the things we talked about is you know ancient wisdom applied, and there's this great thing I like to think about, and it says husbands, you should be understanding or be, be understanding of your wife. And what I take out of that is that I'm to be a student. Of my wife, when it comes to the marriage relationship. Matter of fact, I should be a student of all individuals that happen to come across my path. And and to be a student, that means to really listen, but also to look at the facial expressions, the body language, the tones, and and be aware of their countenance. Because if I really want to connect with them, if I want to have an, a productive employee, I need to be c- caring enough about their personhood above their productivity. Their productivity will come if I'm also caring about their personhood. Because yep. and so. Being a student of your wife, being a student of people and listening and paying attention and being slow to speak, you know, are, are characteristics that are critical if you want to have that ability to connect and even influence people.
1: So. Uh, I well, I agree. So, I mean, we're on point. This is perfect. Um, we have to take our first break. But before we go, I just want to say it takes courage and skill and strength to do what you guys are doing. Um, and it's... Uh, and that's what we need more of. Thank right. You. So stay with us, everyone. We have a lot more to discuss. Uh, this is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva and our very special guest, Matt and Deborah Trussella. We'll be right back.
0: And now let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com.
2: Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And our guests today are, we have two guests today, Matt and Deborah Trusella. They're marriage and relationship experts and their life coaches and speakers. And to learn more about Matt and Deborah, you can go to their website at Matt and Deborah, that's D-E-B-R-A, Trusella, T-R-U-S-E-L-A dot com. You can find their um blog posts there and other information about them and their different programs that they have. It's it's a nice website. It's terrific. So as we always do, mm-hmm. right, we get all excited and we tend to jump in and start asking questions. So what I always like to do in the second segment is to take a step back because You two have a very interesting story. You've been married for a long time, and you're speaking from a place of not just theory. You're speaking from a place of experience. You know what this is like. You know what it's like when communication falls apart. So I'm wondering if you could take some time and give our listeners just a little feel of what you two have gone through and how your practice has evolved into helping others. Well,
0: I think that I'll I'll start off by saying that uh, I, I. Unlike like everybody pretty much on the planet for the most part. And certainly there are, are evil people out there, but almost everybody out there is a person who wants to do the right thing. They have good intentions, but faulty execution. And that would probably typify my first 10 years. I was a very hardworking professional. I was having a lot of success. Um, I'd worked my way up the corporate ladder, was honest, wasn't cheating on my wife, wasn't looking for extra affairs, raising a couple kids, thinking of being a good dad hit a few baseball games and practices with the kids, but wasn't really aware of how I wasn't meeting other needs within the household. So I was following in the footsteps of my history, which was my father's workaholism, and as a result was recreating that same pattern, and it had begun to take its toll. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's fair to say that I was somewhat oblivious to the damage I was causing by my neglect. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember walking into the bedroom, uh, coming home from work one day and seeing my wife sitting there on the couch with bags packed. You want to take it from there, honey? Yeah, I,
3: I think uh, one of the biggest things in our healing was coming to understand that there are some some differences between men and women in how we communicate. And by the time I was ready to leave, Matt, I had been saying for years, honey, I miss you. Honey, I wish I had my husband here with me. I wish the boys had the father. You know, um, just trying to plan things around family. And, and, you know, women by nature are somewhat more uh, nurturing. We thrive on that, and we can be satisfied. But, but when you're married, you want to have your husband there. You want to have your partner in life, your best friend. You want to have that. If you have children, you want to see him parent. That's attractive to women. And so, um, I kept saying things to him. I'm feeling neglected. I miss you. And over the 10 years, little by little, my heart started to become hard and hard because of daily disappointments, weekly disappointments, monthly disappointments, just harder and harder. And I can tell you that by the time the 10 years was up, and I told Matt I was ready to leave, and I was going to walk away from everything, I didn't care about the stuff. And I know there might be some women out there that might think differently, but I didn't care about the big house and everything. I was ready to move my three little boys into a studio go back to work in the finance area, and just um, be content because he checked out. And my heart was so hard that I had absolutely no feelings for him at all. And he was, he was oblivious because he's like, well, I don't think anything's wrong. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Which as we've sat down with many couples over the years, that's usually the story. that guy's oblivious thinking I'm doing all the right things. But what he doesn't understand is the wife wants A relationship, a whole relationship, we're communicating, we're going back and forth. We're even having some conflict and working through it to make us even closer. And so that was the turning point of our life. And we sought out help. And the first time we went to a counselor, we fought so much. He said he had to see us separately for a whole year. And that was actually very beneficial because we had our own deep issues to work on as well.
1: But the thing is, um, just let me step in. Yeah. Right there, that was, there was something there to, to take that step. I agree. Yeah. Right? I was going to say that. You know, too. you know, what Matt described being, being, you know, very similar, right? is all way too common in so many relationships. And as you guys also discussed, as spoken or uh, when you speak to many couples, mm-hmm. um, somehow you have to be able to get to where you can take that first step.
2: Well, I really liked what you had said too, Matt, in the beginning is you were following in the footsteps of your history. Mm -hmm. And so many people, I think, don't really realize that, that when we get angry, when our buttons get pushed, it's like those buttons have been there since we were little kids. And and they're a part of our history and a part of our growing up and a part of the way we learn to be in relationships. Mm -hmm. So... You know, Deborah, when you said that, your heart had completely shut down. Wow. I mean, it's amazing that you two even went to counseling. And what I really liked what you said is that you went separately because you guys were fighting so much that you went separately each for a year, which I think people pick up a book and they think, okay, 30 easy steps to getting our marriage back on track. And <laughs> and I think to that, I would say baloney. It's going to take some deep digging.
3: Oh, absolutely. And to this day, you know, there's no, first of all, but for the audience to know, there is no perfect marriage because mm-hmm. we're imperfect people. Matt and I still have arguments, but what we do is we stay in there, work through the conflict until it's settled, you know. And I think now that we just celebrated our 30th year, we are closer than ever. And I can't imagine, you know, the older we get, we are more and more in love. And it's just, I love growing old with him. I know he feels the same. Right, honey?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was there a hesitation there? I'm right. sorry. <laughs>
3: but um, I just can't imagine what we would have thrown away had we given up so easily. And uh, I just want to encourage your audience. It doesn't matter what you've gone through. We've gone through a lot of things. And it doesn't matter what you've gone through. If you give a little faith and you just put a effort, you know, an effort forward, like one of our life principles that we put into practice, is we've, we have fun trying to outserve each other. And we've challenged couples to do that in our workshop. Instead of just focusing on yourself and how is he pleasing me or what is he not doing for me or what is she not doing for me, start thinking, what can I do for him today? What can I do for her today to make her feel special and honored and cherished? And just even doing one thing tells that person that you're thinking about them and you're drawing closer to that. And so Matt and I sometimes just have fun trying to outserve each other for the day.
2: Oh, I love that. It's kind of like, you know, the Jack Kennedy, ask not what you can do Most for your spouse, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or what your spouse can do for you, but yeah. ask what Absolutely. you can do That's for good. your spouse. Yeah. No, it's perfect. Because I yeah. wanted to go back even a little bit, Deborah, from what you were saying. You know, when your heart shut down, that must have been really tough for you to move into therapy and start looking at how you could make it work. Because I would think by the time after those 10 years, your heart was shut down and you had your bags packed that it was probably really tough for you to to reopen up to the possibility of this working.
3: It was it was really hard because um my heart was so hard. I mean, even if Matt would come up and hug me, I just cringed. I just And, and I'm sharing this with you and your audience because I have sat down with so many women that have felt the same exact way. What I'm sharing in our story that we share, we're finding out and have found out over the years, is not uncommon. You know, it breaks my heart when I see so many people getting divorced and, 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 and then there are some reasons rightfully so. You know, nobody needs to stay in an abused situation or anything like that. But what Matt did that made me really want to try is I had been married before and in, I came into our marriage with two children that had already experienced divorce and then we had a child of our own. And he said, please, honey, for the sake of the boys, don't go down this road. Let's give it a try with counseling. And so for the sake of my children, I said, I've got to do all I can do. And, um, you know, and we're not, I'm not saying that my older boys didn't have some struggles because of coming out of divorce in the first place. But I know things would have been much worse for all of our kids had we not stayed in there and fought for it. Because our family now, we have our grandchildren that have been products of divorce, and it's been hard on them. And it breaks our heart to see uh, what divorce does. It, it, It isn't just about what it'll do to you. It's about what it does to everybody in your life. And it's something that doesn't go away for a long time. But you know, healing can come to anybody in all relationships if they put the effort. And we also, ours is founded on faith, too. So that was a difference with us.
2: Yeah, it makes a huge difference. And I love what you said about, you know, working through it and that, you know, Matt came to you and said, you know, you've already gone through this once. And, you know, let's think about the boys, because what what happens with, a spouse or with a job or with when you're going from boyfriend to boyfriend or girlfriend to girlfriend is that next person will look different. They will dress different. They will sound different. They will have a different job. And a year into it, you're going to find that that's exactly the same person that you had just let go of. Because it just feels like we always keep making the same mistakes until we figure out what it is that's Messing us up in the first place.
0: And you think it's coming maybe from within.
2: It's from within, right.
0: Right. You had a a person on recently that talked about that NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, and then that's that's how we develop patterns into our lives of behavior. And unfortunately, we continue to do the same things the same way, which is also the the definition of insanity, because it builds comfort. And consistency into our lives and and you're exactly right people that come to us and say you know we're we're going to throw in the towel and and are thinking the grass is going to be greener we we say if you don't solve the relational issues here and now in this context you will find yourself back at this again within a year or two I guarantee it
1: and you know what Uh, you're exactly right and that's why you have to be careful with techniques like NLP which you know that we love but you know you could focus and uh, use it to keep you in your comfort zone, which is not where you need to be when you need to rebuild a relationship. It could actually hurt the relationship, mm-hmm. right? you know, if you're not careful. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: And so why don't we go ahead and take our second break? And then when we come back, we're going to start talking more about how to reconnect with our spouse. You know, if you're feeling that things are going south a little bit, I know you've got a connection toolbox and some other some other tips for our couples out there. Yeah, I mean,
1: you guys are very much needed, and um, this is great.
2: It's great. So stay with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guests today are Matt and Deborah Trussella. We'll be right back.
0: Charlie Labasco is an author,
3: speaker and trainer with over 40 years experience in the corporate workplace. Contact Charlie today to interact, influence and inspire others in your organization. Whether it's a one-hour keynote presentation or a five-day training seminar, Charlie is available to speak on many topics, including making a difference in the workplace, even as one person, building shared leadership teams, and his signature award-winning seminar, CARE Certification in the Workplace. Charlie Speaking at your organization will make a difference on day one. For more information and to book Charlie, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com.
0: Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Um, segment three. We're speaking with our very special guests today, Matt and Deborah Trussella. They are relationship rebuilding experts. Um, and, you know, during the break. And have lived it. And have lived it. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about what Matt said in the beginning about we need to hit pause more, Matt, because where's the anger coming from? And then listening to Deborah, you know, the pattern of uh, broken homes and broken relationships begets anger and hardship. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the reason uh, for a lot of the toxicity as well, right, is the current situation or Maybe we don't even know. It's how we were raised, you know. Mm-hmm. So somewhere along the line, you guys uh, made this an unbelievable assessment and commitment to rebuild. And I love the Matt and Deborah Trussella brand. So um, walk us through it, but uh, I'm just wondering, so do you go down the path for the guys occasionally, Matt? And Deborah, maybe you go down the path for the women and then maybe you come together and do stuff together as well? Is that how the brand really executes?
0: It executes both ways. you know. And if, if mm-hmm. Oftentimes we like to see a couple together because, again, when we hear one side, that side always sounds right. But if you get a couple in a room for about 30 minutes to an hour and start mm-hmm. talking to them, you can see how they're actually interacting and you might be able to pick up on some subtleties to say give you that aha awareness that says, okay. She's got some things, and so does he. And now we can be more specific. And, and at that point, we may determine whether we continue with with them together for a period, or we say, "Let's take some time. I'm going to take the gentleman, and we're going to go out have coffee next week and
1: talk ah. them
0: a little bit." And yeah, because
1: um, and thinking about that, right? And uh, of course, we've all been there, right? Right. Um, it's always about initially, at least, who's right and who's wrong. So,
2: um, and when you're telling your side of the story, I mean, you can be very convincing. right? Yeah. I mean, we're each very convincing in our rightness because it's from our perspective. Right. They put us together, and everybody's like, "Oh, both of you are."
1: But, but the skill <laughs> not. that you got, yeah, exactly. But the skill that you guys are sharing, that that you've developed and you're bringing forward, is pretty slick, right? Because you're not going to s- sit there and say, "Hold on." Charlie, tone it down. You're way off here. What you would do is maybe water it down a little bit, and then maybe take me offline, like you say, out for coffee, and try to find out maybe some more about me, so that you can help guide me into just, you know, insisting I have to be right or whatever. Right? I mean, it's a real, it's a real complicated um, skill that you guys have.
0: Let me, let me just say on the side note, this is also a recipe for disaster for people that don't know what they're doing. Um, if if a person of the opposite sex comes to you with their story in the workplace and starts to unload on how bad their relationship is, this is the, this is a recipe for an, a, an affair in, in the making. So, we always tell people that in a general way, I will never counsel a, a, a female by herself. I will always have my wife present, and vice versa. I always have my Wife here, or I'll always be there if she's, you know, if some gentleman approached my wife and said, "Hey, I hear you guys are relational experts, and I really need to tell you how what's going on I, our, our, in our relationship." My wife can immediately say, "You know, let me get my husband and let's talk to you together, you know, because it, it, yeah, it just creates a dynamic that. that's not very healthy." So, just caution to those in the workplace if some of the opposite sex wants to come and unload about their spouse, that's usually a, a, a dangerous road to, to start trekking down.
3: And, and I can tell you, in our experience over the last 18 years. We have both experienced that when Matt had someone at work many, many years ago um, that was unloading and going through a divorce and connecting, and finally he said to her, he said, here's my wife's number um, because I knew the person. Here's my wife's number. Why don't you give her a call and talk to her about this? Because he knew she was crossing a boundary, getting too personal with just the things they were talking about. And And I wasn't so worried, and he wasn't worried about getting an affair, but he could tell the woman was getting an emotional bond with him because she was having someone to dump with and that can be dangerous Uh, on the other hand i've been approached by men before in a in a safe setting but matt wasn't there and was asking me questions and wanting my opinion and dumping on me and as a woman i felt uncomfortable as a relational coach especially because i felt like this was not right and i said you know let me have my husband call you and he would he pursued me a couple times and finally uh he just backed off and, and didn't even talk to my husband so that was a sign that he wasn't really looking for the right thing. The same with the woman that came to Matt. Once he gave her my phone number, I never heard from her. So Very complicated.
1: Uh, and, it, you know, what you guys just described, again, is all too common. Yeah. And just sends your skills into the stratosphere by having the mutual trust to understand and, and, you know, make sure that you guys don't get in the way and do the wrong thing. Because I agree, it could be, um, a recipe for disaster, uh, especially with you guys being so easy to talk to, I bet you would be a magnet for those type of conversations. I would
2: think so, yeah. yeah. And and I liked what you said, Deborah, because it's the difference between trying to heal yourself and just dumping, yeah. right? So when, you know, they start dumping and they just want that ear and then the feelings start escalating, it's not really about, you know, trying to figure out what your issues are. It's just wanting to dump about my spouse and then move on to the next person.
3: Right. And go connect with whoever you can connect with. That's the females usually, you know, and the males as well. But it's just if I'm not connecting with my spouse at home, then I'm going to find someone to connect with.
1: So right. I, I look at I look at this right in two in two ways, proactive and reactive. So if I look at a proactive approach, you know, I I would lean on you guys for tools, how what I should be aware of, how I can reconnect at home or wherever, and, and what are some of the connection tools or techniques that I can use, or is that varies
0: by person? Uh, it, it varies a little. Let me, if, if I could, Charlie, I'd like to talk a little bit about anger for a second because you started oh, the program with that. Perfect. I think it's important. Um, first of all, again, there's a, another great point of advice that says that everyone should be slow to speak. Quick to hear, and very slow to anger, and and here's another piece of that. It says because anger will never make good behavior. Anger will never change someone's behavior from bad to worse. So if we get angry in the midst of a tense situation, we will lose the ability to teach anyone anything. So it's back to that poise under fire kind of positioning, and and that takes great humility. And and there's huge power in humility that wins you the right to be heard in the end. So if you can, kind of. Divert the fire with humility and poise and calm. When there's anger being shown, you have an opportunity to build a bridge where there can be a communication and the connection again. Um, also, understanding where anger comes from is important, and trying mm-hmm. to communicate—we call below the line, below, below the anger line. If you drew a line through anger and, and on the top of the line, you'll have outbursts of anger. you have people that maybe take on they get very anxious and irritable uh depression. there's there's depression, there's other ways to, to do it. you know it's fight or flight kind of thing, so the flight would be go medicate yourself and drink yourself into a stupor uh, processing or that way. but below the line is where we want to have intimacy and what roots uh, what roots anger what creates anger is fear, frustration, and hurt it's It's usually one of those three or combination thereof. Mm-hmm. In other words, when Deborah would vent out and be angry Mm -hmm. um, at something I was doing, sometimes it was because she was afraid. She was seeing me do something that she was thinking might cause terrible consequences for the family. Um, She would see me not being present in the boy's life and Mm -hmm. seeing them begin to develop patterns of rebellion Mm -hmm. where she, she had no control. She was afraid of what they would do if they didn't have a father or, if, you know, what would happen to them if they didn't have a fatherly influence around. Um, she would be hurt when I didn't take the time to connect with her, to call her, to say, hey, I'm thinking of you. Or, or yes, I'm out here and you're there and I know, but I'm coming home and we're going to, you know, make up for this lost time together. She would develop hurt. So trying to find out when someone acts angrily, what are you thinking? What are you feeling right now, and what do you want are the good questions to ask. What can I do to help you with this? Because it sounds like you're afraid, or it sounds like you're frustrated, or it sounds like I've hurt you in some way. If you take people down below the line, you have an opportunity to connect with them and create this conflict or this productive conflict that becomes confrontation where instead of fighting with each other, you're facing each other and actually talking at a very calm level. Mm -hmm. Jeez, these are great tools. It is a great tool <laughs> you
2: know? except you know when you're in the thick of it, right I mean like like let's say you get angry at me right mm-hmm. I mean I just want to come out swinging right and, and you
1: know what though? yeah we never we never thought about coming below the line
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know right. let's go below the line because it's the only way right right And then when we go down there we start assessing. We, well
2: we tend to go below the line after we've like like we have to part for a second right yeah. like we need a minute to reassess and then we can then calmly talk but in that that
3: initial outburst
2: it can be really tough to keep your cool
3: yeah you know what we like to share with people just so that they can start to get this in the forefront of their mind is anger is a second emotion so when we find ourselves our blood pressure is raising I'm starting to feel the, the nerves get tense or my facial expression changing If I could pause for just a moment and go, wait, wait, wait. Okay, what's really going on right now? Am I feeling hurt by what they just said? Am I feeling frustrated because I've asked this over and over and over and it's not getting done? Or am I really scared that if you don't hear me, something's going to happen? So if I can pause and ask myself, where is this coming from? Then I can go to the person, say it's your spouse or a coworker. I can go and say, you know, I'm really afraid if you don't hear me, this is what's going to happen. And it just brings the whole tone down. And now we're having a mature conversation at the root of what's really going on that's causing the outburst of anger or causing my blood pressure, the second emotion, to go up because I've identified where the root is.
1: Yeah, I I agree. Um, I definitely agree with fear, frustration, and hurt. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to go back for one second to, Matt, We, we need to be, slow to speak, quick to hear, and what was the last piece of that? Slow to
0: anger. Slow to anger. Slow to anger. Most important one. Okay, excellent. Quick quick to hear first. Slow to speak and slow to anger. Back to that two ears, one mouth thing. (laughs) Quick to (laughs) hear. Slow to speak and slow to anger. You know, the other thing about anger is you have to realize when you do it, it destroys intimacy. So mm-hmm. when you can handle it below the line, you're building intimacy, and that's just mm-hmm. much more productive. Oh, nice. When we talk about communication, we do a whole class in the workshop on communication and conflict resolution, and you know, I'd, uh, and it's just so important, Charlie, to to be thoughtful about what we speak. You know, there's actually another proverb that I love that's just really cautions me to, to be careful when I open my mouth. It says that the power of life and death rest in your tongue, you know, and we can sometimes so flippantly let loose a few, you know, colorful words at someone in a in a demonstrative way and we can destroy our relationship or destroy them as a human being. I mean a father or mother who speaks to their child uses the words stupid is is killing that child. I mean, it's just destructive. It's just destroying the life out of that child. And I hate to see those kinds of things, but we need to be very, very careful about the words we speak because we need to realize they have the power of life to build life, to build uh, energy, to build, you know, courage, to inspire, or they have the ability to destroy. And um, that's why I just love that. So we think when when it comes to communication, this is really as simple as who, what, when, where, why, and how. Mm -hmm. Who's this person I'm talking to? What's their history? What is it I want to say? When's it going to be the best time? Is, do I hit him when they walk in the door? Or do I wait till I take them out to coffee? Why do I want to say this? Is it really something I want to say? Should I be slow to speak on this and not say it at all for a while? Should I wait and watch? Maybe it will resolve itself. It's not critical. It's not hurting anyone now. And then how to say it. If I'm going to say it, I need to say exactly the, role-play it with somebody. Hey, I need to share this. And usually with someone close to you who's apart from the situation, right, who's not, who can be part of the pro- solution and not part of the problem, and you say, hey, I, I need this. To sh- can I bounce this off of you? I've got this situation. Here's what I'm thinking of saying to this person and how I want to say it. How does that sound to you? Is it compassionate? Is it un- gentle? Is it understanding? Is it encouraging? Is it building them up? Or is it possibly going to tear them down and lead us down a road we don't want to go on?
1: It's amazing. I mean, you guys, uh, you're nonstop. <laughs> right i mean uh uh you have to really be on your game to deliver in every situation like that so um as a as a client it's too complicated for me to try to make notes now i need i need <laughs> you as a coach i need more of you right i need it, i need the coaching to let it become in my dna cuz it takes time mm-hmm. right
3: well I want to encourage, I know because when Matt was sharing all that, I'm like, oh, this people are going to go, that's way too much. I can't get all that right now. But I want (laughs) to encourage people, if you just start practicing in the little things, you'll grow more and more and it will just become natural. And I'll give you a simple example for the guys out there. When Matt sees me and I'm not acting myself, he has learned to do this so well. And it might, it might be something he's done and I'm just thinking about it and I'm trying to discern, am I hurt, am I frustrated, um, fearful? Or it could be that someone else has spoken words to me and it's changing my whole countenance. It's offending me and I'm working through it, but I haven't talked to him about it. He will always approach me and say, and he might even put his hand on my shoulder or something and he'll kind of uh, smile at me so he diffuses any anger and he'll say, honey, what are you thinking right now? And it's not, what are you thinking? It's, what are you thinking right now? Mm. Because he's getting me to speak out what I'm thinking. And sometimes when, and then he'll keep asking me, well, is that really true? You know, he'll just ask me different questions. And as I'm listening to myself answer him, sometimes I come to the conclusion, that's totally ridiculous. I have nothing to worry about. I don't know why I'm letting that bother me. And it doesn't even have to come up.
1: I mean, this is fantastic. This is a, a great show. We have to take our final break. Um, please stay with us. We'll be right back with our special guests, Matt and Deborah Trusella.
0: Let Charlie Labosco show you how to revolutionize your presence in the workplace. Charlie is looking to improve the workplace, and by that he means your relevance in it. Charlie has over 40 years in the corporate workplace. He has seen the unbelievable, mind-boggling, off-the-charts changes in technology, but no real change in our day-to-day and sometimes toxic workplace behavior. Charlie's mission is to revolutionize the workplace by providing the training and the tools needed to lead any organization, regardless of your job description. For more about Charlie and how to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, visit charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on Talk Zone.
2: Thanks for staying with us, everyone. Um, what a great show. What a great show. I mean, yeah. And you know, as usual, we're cheating, right? I mean, we're cheating. cheating. We get the
1: benefit all the time. (laughs) We
2: get so much information for ourselves. And we know then that by us getting a little bit naked, that we're also helping our listeners. So thank you, Matt and Deborah. This is just a terrific show. And, Oh, I wanted to share the website really quick before we go on. And again, for our listeners, um, their website is Matt and Deborah, Debra D E B R A Trusela, Trusella T R U S E L A dot com. You can find out about their programs there, and then their one-on-one coaching and their blog posts. And they also write for T R C magazine as well. Wow. Um, yeah, so no, it's terrific. There's a lot of great information on the website. So. I have a question, and I think I've got the answer because we've been talking about anger, which um, I think is everybody's biggest
0: mm-hmm.
2: issue, right? I mean, when you just start swinging, you don't want to stop. But what can we do when you've got one person, <laughs> and this couple shall remain nameless, Charlie. but They go by the name of Charlie and Eva, right? Kegnan <laughs> um, <Can't laughs> Lacey. and <Can't> Lacey. <laughs> so what do you do when... One person wants to bolt and the other person wants to stay and fight. So you're both angry, but the the MO of one person is that they need to run away. And then the the MO of the other person is like, no, we need to fight this out right now. How can you come to some kind of agreement? Because I don't think that's just us. I know a lot of couples that are like that. You know, when they start fighting, one person wants to bolt from the room and
1: the other person wants to stay and fight. I mean, even and even in the can workplace, uh, can we move on for the sake of time? No, we need to. No, move we this. need to. Yeah,
2: right. And everybody else is like, no, we got to get out. It yeah. is. You're exactly right. It can happen in the workplace, too. Um, and I'm wondering if you have any ideas as to how – it can be diffused without getting everybody twice as angry because what it feels like sometimes is when one person wants to leave, the person that wants to stay and fight gets even angrier.
0: I'd say that's true. And first of all, that kind of was RMO for a while too. I mean, we'd start after it and I would walk away and Deborah would, chase me down the hallway saying, you're not getting out of here so easy, come back.
3: I'm an Italian woman, what can I
0: say? <laughs> well,
2: Charlie's Italian, right, so
0: here yeah. we go. <laughs> um, you know, then I'd get blasted, but I, I think the key is to, to try and defuse it before it gets there. And, and I'll share one more thing with you, which is um, offense-defense. When someone brings an offense to you, someone has to choose to be the bigger person mm-hmm. and say that no matter what the offense they're bringing to me is, I'm not going to defend it. Instead, I'm going to agree with their reality and defuse it. So if my wife comes to me and says you are the most harsh, unrespectful, uh, you know, unkind jerk, instead of saying I'm not, you don't know what a great guy, I'm gonna say you know, wow, tell me how that is. Explain to me exactly what happened and when I did it, so I can understand clearly how to not ever do that again.
1: I guess and it makes you, sense that, because if you love someone so much, you want to know how that happened so that you can make sure you don't. Get that reaction. You don't make that person feel
2: that way. Yeah. Easy to say, right? Yeah. And you started only- doing that. I still have a hard time
0: with that. <laughs> yeah. The reason why? The reason why we have a hard time doing that is it's pride and it's self-focus. Yeah. It, it's just it takes a sacrificial instead of a consumer behavior to be a contributive behavior to the relationship. I want to contribute more than I get, and so I'm so willing to give that when I receive something I don't like, I still want to give again anyway, and. So it has to do with this humility thing, this power of humility, which means I'm willing to come low in order to lift up somebody else, just like a weightlifter. And so it's, when someone brings an offense to you, deal with their reality. It's the only hope you have to find the bridge to the relationship back.
3: And it doesn't mean that they're right. No. You're accepting right. the fact that that's for right now in this moment, that is their reality. So I'm going to take all that aside, all those swings I feel might be coming at me, and I'm going to just deal with that and start asking questions so you can really tell me, okay, what did I do to make you feel like that? You know, there's times with Matt, I say I feel neglected. Okay, honey, what am I doing to make you feel neglected?
0: Now, the last thing I'll say is if it's unavoidable, there is a time when conflict escalates and you're not getting anything done for someone, again, to be the mature person to say, mm-hmm. we're in a spin, let's take a pause, let's step back, And let's agree that we're going to come back and try and talk about this when we're both more calm and then set a time and then do it. Mm -hmm. Be a person of integrity, be a person of courage in your word and say, it's obvious we're both, someone has to stop, kind of like take a break, time out. We call it a
3: strife break in our workshop. Yeah,
0: in the workshop we call it a strife break. It's escalating, it's not going anywhere, we're both too heated, we need to take a break, take a pause, both of us stop and if we agree for 10 minutes or 5 hours, you know, we typically say don't ever go bed mad at each other we think that's a bad practice but but if you can agree to say we're going to come back at this in an hour from now let's both go somewhere else and be quiet for a minute and just be quiet and calm and diffuse and then come back and try and take this one step at a time more poised more calm where we can both be gentle as opposed to in this heat of battle
3: and then maybe remind yourself too that maybe this person that's coming at you or you're arguing with Maybe they are wrong, and you know that you're right, but just stop and ask yourself, well, this is their, or tell yourself, this is their reality. But maybe there's something, I'm doing it, or the way I'm, I'm approaching it, or the way I'm saying it. Maybe there's some reality to what they're saying. So you got to get yourself humble, like Matt says, and open. And, and realize the the whole result of conflict, the whole end result you want, is intimate rebuild the bridge. That's our goal. We don't want to really walk away and, and just stuff down more down and be more separate. You know, we have to have those heated battles sometimes. Once we work through it and we understand one another, wow, then we're closer than we were before the argument.
0: I say conflict brings us connection, clarity, and closeness in the end. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, so I'm happy about it when it comes forward my way. And, uh, you know, again, just remember, their perception is the reality. Deal with their reality one step at a time.
1: Yeah, that's, that's why perfect, it's not yeah. a, you know, that's why it's a skill of strength and courage, right? Because um, conflict can actually nurture mm-hmm. the relationship when the foundation is so solid, you know? Right, right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's
2: so many more questions that we have, right? But we have two minutes. Yeah.
1: You call it a strife, S-T-R-I-F as in Frank E, right? Strife, break? right? Strife, like S-T-R-I-F-E, yes, strife. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, so
3: Strike, yourself, no... no.
1: Normally what we do is, you know, we'll go down the um, the takeaways that we got, like uh, the power of being humble and uh, slow to speak. Uh, it's hard for, to have a talk show and be slow to speak, but, you know, good to hear. But I guess <laughs> because you guys said so much, my number one takeaway here is just go to MattAndDebraTricella.com. Uh, Matt D E B R A T R U S E L A Matt and dot com. and just give them the ball say here guys you know and then so I, I, what would your first step be with a client just maybe talk to them briefly or something
0: absolutely we'd want to find their story and find out what they're dealing with and see what they're thinking and what they're wanting and you know and how they're feeling but you know everyone has to share on that level what do you think what do you feel what do you want mm-hmm. and uh
1: and get an assessment uh, from there. I, yeah no, I think we have about well, what, 10, 15 seconds. I, look, you guys are fantastic. Um, uh, I admire everything you do and the courage and strength you bring to the table. Uh, we learn from you today. Uh, we're gonna talk about you. We're gonna share you all week and, uh, hopefully we can make a difference together. And hopefully you'll come back soon.
3: So thank you so much for sharing with us. We have so much more to talk about. We would love to. And it's been fun with you guys. We knew we'd have fun with with, uh, Charlie and Eva.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I agree. And let's continue from here. So all the best. Have a great day. And I guess we're out even for our listeners, right? Another great show, guys. Um, All the best. And we'll see you next week. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Have a great week.